Welcome to the MedTech Talent Lab, the number one catalyst for advancing careers and building high-performance teams. Sponsored by the Anthony Michael Group, helping companies secure in-demand talent in regulatory affairs, quality, clinical, engineering, R&D, and other areas for medical device, digital health, diagnostics, and other organizations across the U.S. life sciences sector. Here's your host, Mitch Robbins. All right, welcome back to another episode here on the MedTech Talent Lab, where we talk about all things talent-related across the industry. I uh, am Mitch Robbins, your uh, host, joined, as always, by Adam Sapi. And uh, we're from a search firm called the Anthony Michael Group. We help companies across uh, the life sciences, primarily medical device, digital health, and diagnostics businesses, uh, to build high-performing teams while helping candidates enhance and advance their careers. And um, in addition to this live show, I have the privilege of interviewing leaders from across the industry on a regular basis about all things talent related. Some really amazing conversations that we've had. Make sure to check out those episodes wherever you are consuming uh, your podcast content. But each and every Wednesday, we are here with a new topic. Um, We're building out a community. Right now, it is hosted on LinkedIn. You could uh, search it on LinkedIn. It's called the MedTech Talent Lab. But each and every Wednesday, 11 o'clock, Pacific, 2 o'clock Eastern, you can join us live. Uh, Today, we're talking about how to qualify a rec the right way. And I was uh, tongue-in-cheek joking, but not really joking offline, saying I have so much to say about this topic. And I know uh, our all-star cast that's with us today probably does as well. But I want to dig in and first maybe talk about uh, some some of the pitfalls that I see from over the years working with hiring managers, working with talent acquisition professionals, and kind of where some of the breakdowns happen. I'm sure those listening probably have their own uh, experience with uh, a position that um, was hot to trot, and then three, four, five months down the road, it's still open for some odd reason. Or um, a position that was event, you know, going to be a specialist level, it turns into a manager level and all the things in between. And so I want to talk about maybe some of the common pitfalls. Um, and so I'll, I'll just jump right in. One of them for sure is um, not qualifying the urgency. Yeah. And, and I would say when, <clears throat> when I say not qualifying the urgency, a hiring manager has a position to fill, but how urgent is it that that person needs to get that person onboarded? Are we talking about, we'll spend $200,000 tomorrow to bring in a contractor because we can't go without? Or are we talking about, hey, my team is, we can, we'll be fine. And for some reason, if this position's still open eight months later, we're still being effective, right? And so what I think is, or so that, let me just kind of name some of the mistakes. So that's one, um, um, not gaining, um, um, can you read my own notes today, guys? Uh, and I wrote these awesome. down. Um, um, you know, I think that when you go to qualify a rec, you say, I've got, we've got to have four years of this, three years of that, and then talent acquisition gets off to the races, looking for three years of that and four years of that. And they show up with three years of that and four years of that. And the guy or the hiring manager says, yeah, but they don't have this, this, and this. And so really not truly understanding what is the performance profile, meaning 
when we say mm -hmm. performance profile, what are the previous indicators of success, excuse me, the previous experience that's gonna help the indicators of future success future based success. on <clears throat> the priorities that you need that person to address. And then really when we talk about um, commitments up front, not necessarily setting upfront commitments. Hey, if I will you, if we find exactly what you're looking for, when can you interview them? Versus, okay, we have a qualified candidate. We sent it to the hiring manager day one, day two, 72 hours later, we ping them again. We still haven't heard. Guess what? Now the candidates deep into other interview processes and before long gone, yeah. right? So this is, these are some of the pitfalls that I see all the time. What about you guys? What else from the from the field would you say are maybe some of the pitfalls when you or your team have gone to qualify Rex in the past? I think one of the big um, pitfalls, and and it's an it's easy low hanging fruit in some regards for recruiters, is prepare for the meeting and be openly curious. So case in point. I've got a I've got a VP level finance role that I'm working on, and I'm telling my CFO straight up straight up. I'm like, I don't get finance, okay? Like, I can count on my fingers and toes. So, but it's funny when you when you um, are that transparent with your hiring teams, they are usually so excited to tell you about their world. But here's the caveat. Before I went into that meeting, and I'm actually training one of my other recruiters to recruit at this level, we sat down and went through that job description line by line. And if there was something that we didn't know the answer to, we looked it up. And if we still couldn't quite find the answer, we made a note to say, hey, I'm still learning this specialty. Can you tell me what XYZ means? So I think that's one of the biggest missed opportunities that recruiters um, you know, I've seen them go in, they're like, oh yeah, tell me about this job really. Like what's not on the job description. And that's like, you're not doing your work. Yeah. You got to hold up your end of the bargain and, and at least demonstrate that you give a hoot. Right. I agree. I think, um, if you haven't planned for your intake meeting, expect mediocre results. And it's the same thing in everything you do in life, right? No one attempts to build a house without a plan because it would be a pretty ridiculous house, right? Yep. But I would even back up further because I think another big pitfall is not even meeting to begin with. So right. forget about the preparing for the meeting because we've all had these situations where the VP of marketing is coming from one meeting in a conference room to another meeting in another conference room, walking past your desk. I, Nick, I need a director of marketing. Can you get me one of those? Off <laughs> they go. Yeah. Instinct, right? This is a VP. This is a new leader I haven't worked with. I want to build credibility. Our instinct is to run off and look for a director of marketing without really digging our heels in and say, okay, I'll start to build the short list. And then I'll set up a meeting for you and I to go through and qualify what the problem is you're trying to solve and what that solution might look like. Um, because that's, I think, more often than not, or another time that comes up is when you've, you're recruiting duplicates, right? So you just fill the manufacturing engineer, manager comes in, you know, so-and-so gave their notice, I'm going to need another one of these. 
just because it's got the same job title does not mean the search is going to be the same, right? No, the really might be different. And no. I think recruiters have to be really uh, stuck on the fact that they expect and require that intake meeting to happen for every single position. It doesn't have to be a three-hour meeting, right? Mm -hmm. you just filled the position you've prepared, right? You're going to ask maybe three or four what's changed questions. Yep. Um, but have the meeting at yeah. least. Yeah, you have to. So many, so many important things, but the biggest probably was, um, how did you phrase it as far as, as far as the importance of having the meeting? I thought you said, you said expect, what did you say? Say it one more time, Nick, as far oh, as- see, I'm glad this is why you record this, Mitch. No, <laughs> but you said that maybe that um, where I was going is you were talking about the new VP of marketing, like, oh, I want to impress them. I want to demonstrate credibility. I'm going to go start searching. And, and and I think that me, especially growing up in, in recruiting, I saw so many internal recruiters who were responsible for a variety of requisitions, but they felt they were almost stepping on toes to ask for the hiring manager's time. And I would say, well, how do you expect us to do anything? If, I, if you're telling me I need seven years of experience, go get it. What that means, what? We need to like really understand what are we after? And they felt like they were disturbing the person. Oh, they're busy. Mm -hmm. They've got a lot on their calendar. Well, guess what? They are probably limping along because they need to hire this mm -hmm. person, but we can't help them hire without talking to them. Yeah. So uh, you were saying something just about the importance and the fact that like, no, this is like your, not only your responsibility, but your um, place to, to request and require that time. Yeah. And if you don't take that time, I guarantee every recruiter will waste that leader's time tenfold, yep. tenfold. to what they would have spent in the intake meeting because now you're just throwing darts with a blindfold on. You have no idea what you're shooting for. Uh, and, and I think that's the, the biggest trip. Um, but I, I also really think when you're in that meeting, <clears throat> a tendency that I had early on was to jump into the technical, jump into some of those functional and, and not really understand the root cause of the problem. What is the actual problem that this organization has that's leading us to go out and spend a hundred to three hundred thousand dollars a year on bringing talent in house? And um, subsequent, I, I also asked. I loved your question about talking about the urgency. The the problem with that is every hiring manager will always say it's immediate. I mean, need them right now. And so yeah. my follow up question to kind of gauge that is, what is the cost of failure? If yeah. three months from now, mm -hmm. if six months from now, if one year from now, you do not have someone on board, describe for me what happens. Yeah. And a lot of times you get, well, you know, Susie will have to work hard and I probably won't get a vacation this summer. Right. That's not urgency. Uh, the company will go bankrupt for sure. That's urgency. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Or exactly. to piggyback on that, you know, there there are situations where it's like we can get the work done, but the cost of attrition, the risk of attrition is so high yep. that it could be very catastrophic. Um, and to you know, go back into what you were saying, don't automatically about the technical part and like diving into that don't assume that that's the most important thing like this vp role it's very important that they have the you know the finance and the technical stuff but what's most important to this team is a really strong leader yep so it's uh, it's really kind of cool i feel like a detective every time i'm going in and <laughs> figuring out all these different little pieces of the puzzle and and a lot of times hiring managers will not know 
Big time. And that's what I want to get into some of the tactical and give some some ideas of questions of how yeah. to really qualify these and get your guys' opinion. Before I do, I want to say that um, I am really I'm really not on my game today. I could tell that because I having these thoughts and they're <laughs> going like this. But you said that um, we'll, we'll come back to it because you guys <laughs> said something that I really wanted to touch on and I can't think of it. So we're going to go into the tactical about questions mm. that you can ask that. Oh, recruiters are always qualifying what they work on in one way, shape or form, meaning they have to spread their time somehow. If an internal recruiter has 10 recs, 20 recs, 30 recs, they only have so much time in a day, how effective or how much time can they allocate if they don't really know enough about your search? But then the other hiring manager dedicated that time, did a full performance profile for them, and now they're super passionate about what they're going after because it's dialed in and they have a plan to go get you what you want. That's what I wanted to say. That was one of my bullet points too is, is competition. Yeah. Everyone, I think hiring manager – logically knows, hey, I'm competing, you know, for with this candidate pool, I'm competing against mm -hmm. 10 other jobs similar to mine, but you're also competing for that, <laughs> that help, right? So your internal TA partner, uh, HR business mm -hmm. partner has 30 other recs. So how do I get to the top of their list? How do how, you know, well, one way is to have a really strong employer value prop and some of the things we've talked about mm -hmm. in other shows as well. Um, but yeah, cookies. no, that yeah, cookies. cookies. Well, yeah, totally Starbucks gift cards for <laughs> We can yeah. be bribed, right? <clears throat> yeah. But I think when it comes to that, you know, transitioning to that tactical piece, the prioritization of work as a recruiter is important. And sometimes as a recruiter, you don't know um, in terms of an overall company goal. So one thing that I would very much so encourage recruiters to do is ask your manager, like say, hey, I'm really struggling. It seems like all of these recs are on fire. Based on the business, overall business needs, right. what does that, what does the prioritization look like? Because that I think is really important. If they don't know, find somebody who does. Yeah, big time. All right, let me jump into some of these ideas and, and get your thoughts. So when you're qualifying this rec, here's some things that you can ask. One, what are the two or three critical priorities that you need this person to work on right away? And that doesn't mean we need this person to get acclimated to the team. We need them to understand the key stakeholders. We need, no, we're talking about mm -hmm. what are the key problems, like Nick was saying. What, is, what are the problems they are going to tackle right away and take off either your plate as the hiring manager or their teammates' plate right away um, so that you can start to back into their experience related to those priorities? Um, number two, fast forward a year from now, how would the department or the function or the business look different for you to have the confidence you hired the right person? Now, I love this question because a lot of times people say, what makes a good candidate? Or how would you describe you know, your, ideal, your ideal candidate or whatever? And they say, we need a team player, we need a multitasker, we need 10 years of this, et cetera. If you ask them, fast forward a year from how would things look different? What you're doing is you're asking for the colors of the rainbow. You're asking them to really truly cast a vision of what, how would things look different? How would I know I hired the mm -hmm. right person? Well, we would have uh, implemented this, or we would have reduced this, or we would have, great. Again, this goes back to the priorities. Now I know in my performance profile, we have to screen the experience of when have you done this? When have you done this? And how have you done it, yeah. right? So you're, gain, you're also starting to establish the vision that the hiring manager has so that you can sell that mm -hmm. to the candidate. So that's another one. What, to Nick's point, what will happen if this role isn't filled? Well, 
we have to work harder. No, okay, okay, you have to work harder, great, then what? Well, I probably have to miss my kid's soccer game. Okay, and then what? Well, then my significant other is really upset with, okay, then what? Well, then I'm gonna be distracted. Because, and you dig and dig and dig until, like a dentist with a, mm -hmm. uh, whatever that thing is called, you know, that pokes around at your teeth until you really, yeah. truly, truly find the pain point. Right. Even Shan Shandon yeah. uh, just grimaced. I grimaced thinking about mm -hmm. it, too. But that's the point. You got to dig because you can't take the service level answer. You need the hiring manager to actually feel his or her own pain and so that they really. That, it, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say to that. I and and I have a very I like to think that I've got great relationships with the managers that I work with and the leaders. that, And sometimes that's really hard and you have to dig. And sometimes I put it as simply as what is going to hit the fan in the next three to six months if we do not have a competent person in this position and yes. usually when you yes. it's like what's going to hit the fan they're like oh well that i can tell you things yes. are going to explode and you know carrie so and greg are going to quit and then i need two yep. qes and then we're meeting yep. we're missing our metrics and we're not getting our bonus and i'm not doing the family vacation and mm -hmm. and they can see the negative yep. consequences <clears throat> Yep, we're holding up product releases, and that's this much in revenue, and and so yep. that is usually um, a good way to help them also put it into perspective. So if you do have to come back to them and say, "Hey, um, you're of course my my most important hiring <laughs> manager," and from the you know from the business's needs, I do have this role that's a little bit more important. Here's why. Let's figure out how we can still keep your role moving. Yep. <clears throat> All right, I'll get through Sorry, these other ones quickly. So who's doing the job now? How long is that sustainable? If they're like, well, you know, I can do it for probably the mm -hmm. next six months. Okay, well, that's kind of telling. Or yep. I'm doing it now, but I don't know if I can go three more weeks because of X, Y, and Z, right? Um, yep. Why would somebody doing this job now elsewhere considering coming to do this job on your team? It's one of my favorite questions. Very good yeah. question. And nobody yeah. knows the answer. I shouldn't mm -hmm. say nobody. That's not fair. But 70, the, 80% say, thank yeah. You. yeah. More yeah. often than not, well, I mean, we really have a good culture here. Um, yep. Work hard, mm -hmm. play hard. Um, people think I'm a good – I mean, and you really got to flush that out because if mm -hmm. if yeah. they're asking for that experience, but the only way to get that experience by people who are doing the job now in a different company, you mm -hmm. have to have some sort of value incentive for them to consider coming there, right? Big hook, big, big EVP, yeah, especially now. Mm -hmm. Um. What do you, th I, here's one. What do you think someone would gain from working under your leadership? Hmm. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, what's your leadership style? I'm very collaborative. I'm, um, you know, a um, um, uh, servant leadership. What, you know, whatever the buzzword. Mm -hmm. No, what do you think someone would gain from working under your leadership? Or That's interview some teammates um, about the person's leadership. Hey, why, why do you? You know, when you work for this person, what what do you feel like you've gained as a result of them being your leader? Or, hey, he's your she's your colleague. Oh, she's your colleague. Um, you know, what would you tell me about what you've gained as a collaborative colleague? And now you're getting two different vantage points, somebody at their level and somebody reporting to them. Um, I put what must the person have done elsewhere to help predict success in this role what must they absolutely have done i'm not asking for how many years of experience i'm saying what must they have done if they've done it in three years awesome if they've done it in six years okay this is the critical piece that's going to help uh, uh, indicate future success um if they are successful in this role what growth opportunities are available 
because again, you're you're fueling your own uh, arsenal of how you're going to entice this candidate to talk to them and kind of cast that vision. For you to interview somebody without hesitation, what must the candidate have already done? And uh, ask the hiring manager for two or three screening questions that with those answers, they have the confidence that there's no back and forth, yes, I want to talk to this person. Because mm-hmm. it automatically helps build that trust, build that confidence, yes, this is the people we should be speaking with. And it helps the recruiter recalibrate very quickly, right? Or wait, not waste time presenting people crossing their fingers that, yeah, the, this is the person the hiring manager wants to talk to, or no, I've presented three people and he doesn't want to talk to anybody. What am I doing wrong here? Right. And then um, the other thing I wrote down is if I will use statements again, state um, mm-hmm. if I will use statements and commitments, gaining yeah. the commitment. Okay. Mm-hmm. Based on our intake today, here's what, here's the notes we have that we're both signing off on. This is what you want. Here's our timelines of what we're going to do on your behalf. Here's when we're going to check in. If we find a qualified candidate, here's what I'm going to do to reach you. And here's the method of communication we're going to use to tell me, yes, you want to talk to them. We're going to schedule the interviews. And oh, by the way, you're going to give me a couple blocks of schedule of times that you can make available so that I kind of know already with your schedule. Uh, Rant over. What do you guys think? It's a good list. I think that it's pretty comprehensive to what I use. Uh, some of the questions I'll ask slightly differently. So, for example, you asked a year from now, what does your department look like? Yeah. My question is the same question, but asked a different way. It's six months from now. I want you to pick up the phone and tell me, holy God, Nick, this is the greatest person I've ever hired. What are the behaviors you've witnessed? What are the things that have accomplished during the six months preceding that call? And, and that really just helps the leader to start thinking more practically about, you know, the, the exactly what you're asking about. What are the things they're, they're going to work on? Um, and then I have a tendency when leaders have a, usually gravitate toward the technical. Um, so I need X number of years of SAP. I need X number of years of experience. I need this degree. And I'll try to start asking questions about, okay, when you think about your top performers here and throughout your career, what are some of the competencies those people share? Do they communicate at the best level? Are they uh, proactive? Like, what are the things that you notice about these top performers that seem to be tying into their success somehow so that we're not just looking at the technical, but we also know what are some of those more competency-based. Um, and sometimes leaders won't know what competencies are. That's when you pull up the list yep. of you know, Corn Ferry's 38 or 40 competencies. And you just kind of run through them and you get their wheels thinking. And the next thing you know, they're like, oh, and they need to do this. And, and this is another competency they need. So it snowballs once you get them on the right path, but it helps you steer the conversation up you know, so that it's not truly exclusively technical. I'm, I'm not saying ignore the technical and depending on the position, sometimes it's a 100% technical search. I've worked in automated manufacturing, the technical's critically important, but try to understand the other side of that, the competency side as well. Yeah. You know, one of the other pitfalls that I mentioned earlier is um, not necessarily gaining the necessary approvals compensation-wise, or really doing enough market surveying to know if you're even within the ballpark. And then what I see happen is a position was rated for this level, then everybody's racing to get approval for you know, more money or a different level, and maybe trying to do some of that work up front, say, 
hey, if we have if you're looking for a senior, but we have a principal candidate, can we are they can we do something with but can we do this or should we totally exclude them? Right. So it's not just can we do this, but yeah. at the senior, what does the comp package look yes. like? The principal, what's the comp package? Maybe we can even do a level two. What's the comp package right. look like? So that when you're on the phone with a candidate who's been a senior for five years and says, you know, Nick, I'm really looking for principal. I can not only say, hey, that's a possibility here, but I can follow it up with here's what the compensation package would look like for that level which helps candidates understand that it's not just a pipe dream. It's a real possibility. Yes. Yes. The other, you know, I'm going to ask you guys at first, let me do that. Are there any other thoughts that you want to add to this? Because I think it's a huge yeah. important topic. And I think there's a lot of people out there banging their heads against the wall with frustration of mm -hmm. why can I not get on the same page and in sync mm -hmm. with the rest of the hiring team and actually, you know, uh, be a little bit more productive. Yeah. I would just I add, oops, sorry, go ahead. Yes, you both. Yes, I love the passion. Go for it. Really, like you, it's not a surprise that Nick and I both have more to say. Um, I, you know, the three of us are are very seasoned in our careers. We can have these conversations very intuitively, and I think that if you're um, earlier in your career, either as a, a hiring manager or as a recruiter, um, these are all really great. And if you're feeling overwhelmed, go back to your good old. JD, like it's color coded and everything. And then I really like, okay, we need at least 15 years of experience, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Why? What is it that they need that experience walking in the door to be able to do right away? That's so critical. And sometimes it's just as simple as making sure that these are objective and clear versus, oh, I need experience with blah, 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 blah. And then down the line, you get to the Oh, well, they don't have enough experience. Oh, they don't they have too much experience because you didn't really quantify that. So I'd say if, you know, if some of this, it's really more like it gears towards performance-based interviewing. If you're not familiar with that yet, um, definitely learn about it. But don't be afraid to just go to the qualifications, what's required, what is preferred. And then like um, we talked about earlier, Hiring manager, if this person meets all of these requirements based on my interview with them, will you interview them? Yeah. Off my soapbox. Go ahead, Nick. You can step up on the soapbox. I, I was actually <laughs> going to point out that for the candidates who thought this was not worth listening to, there's some secrets in here. And that mm -hmm. is if you ask the recruiter who reached out to you, any of these same questions and they cannot answer them, it means they didn't have that meeting and you're probably in for a bumpy process and the recruiter probably doesn't have a strong sense on whether you are or are not a fit. That's not a reason not to pursue an opportunity, right? Because there are going to be times when a recruiter just doesn't have a chance to get with the hiring manager. But if you want a litmus on how well this process is going to go and how in tune the recruiter is to that process and the hiring manager's uh, needs, any one mm -hmm. of the questions Mitch, uh, Shandon, or I have gone through, you can ask the recruiter. And if the recruiter comes back with a flat, I don't know, buckle up your seatbelt because it's going to get turbulent. I love Unless it. they add, you know, I don't know, but I will find that out for you mm -hmm. because there's a lot yeah. of stuff I do not know. Yeah. Um, 
And that's one of my favorite things is, is how much can I knowledge can I gather from these so that for the candidate, we can answer these questions. And I love it when they stump me. So mm -hmm. if you're a candidate listening, don't, don't be a jerk about it. Be nice to us. But um, I love it when, when people ask those questions that I don't know, because then it's an opportunity for everybody to learn. So I'm going to great stuff guys today. Seriously. I'm, um, appreciative and humbled that you're here, especially on a regular basis. Nick Swig, Shandon Hayes, um, how to qualify a rec the right way. I would leave this with two things. One, if, if you feel like this is, um, like you're stepping on toes or that you are not, um, uh, worthy enough of taking the time to do this, you're dead wrong because it's only going to save time on the back end. So have the courage, have the confidence that this is your role, especially, you know, if you're in recruiting talent, like, this is your role. This is why you're being paid by the company. Hiring managers, if you don't take the time, you're shooting yourself in the foot because you're just going to get garbage thrown at you and get more headache and more frustration be further down the line. And if you don't include your third party recruiters on these types of conversations, you're asking for the exact same amount of trouble, if not worse, because now they're making up their own messaging in the marketplace and trying to guess at what you might need so that they can get paid. So it's a garbage in garbage out is, is what I would say. Um, but guys, thanks so much for being here. I'm excited uh, to come back next week live Wednesday, 11 o'clock uh, Pacific, two o'clock Eastern and uh, talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the MedTech Talent Lab podcast. For more content-rich episodes, log on to theanthonymichaelgroup.com or subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform.